Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, recorded live at River Road Studios. Today's show is brought to you by Get Healthy Now with Candace. Get healthy now, not later, not before, already now, and not tomorrow, now, right? <laughs> okay, right now. <laughs> if you'd love to do a consult and look at ways that you can get more healthy in your life, that you can improve your current feelings of wellness and, and lifestyle, give me a shout. You can look up, look me up at gethealthynow.com or gethealthynowwithcandice.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is, is changing. We have- What? Yes, I know. It's really mm-hmm. weird, but we, I've always in the past said we're a street reach and we're still doing street reach. We're doing it a different way. We have a place in Springfield and we also have a clinic that we have opened and have been doing for the last couple of months in Eugene, and that's the street reach part where we're specifically working with people that are unhoused. The clinic that we have in Springfield is a building, and we have two mm-hmm. suites of it. And one part is for hygiene supplies and food for people that are are struggling. They can just come in and get whatever they need. Mm-hmm. And then we have the other part, which is the medical part with the herbal um, part of it, and then the counseling as well as the integrated health part. And that is just because we have a place, just like anybody that's coming out of being unhoused to being housed, they find all of a sudden all of these survival skills that they needed to have time for. They don't need to have time for it anymore because, you know, they got four walls around us and that's the same thing for us. So yeah, it's been great it's to be nice. able to burst out and do a whole bunch more projects. So so how can people contribute? Well, we are a 501c3 and that is um, there's a bunch of uh, information that we have on Facebook and Twitter and on our website at occupy-medical.org. All right. And we're now, uh, our next sponsor is Mud Paw Design House, it's, uh, formerly Hunter Creation. This is the first time we're talking about it I mean, mm-hmm. over the air, if you will. So Mud Paw Design House is a company that Candace and I run and own, and it is graphic design and website design. If you're looking for a website that will match your your branding of your of your your printed materials, we can help you out. Or if you have uh, printed materials and need a website, we can help you out with that too. So let us know at mudpawdesignhouse.com. That's a mud paw, mud, like a dog paw. Mud That's muddy. Yeah. Design dot com or mudpawdesignhouse.com. That's cute. <laughs> All right. And how about you, Sue? What about me? What do you what do you what do you bring to the table? What do I bring to the table? Well I've got two should I just talk about the two things real quick? What, uh, yeah, sure. I'll talk about Patreon first. Um so I mentioned before about Occupy Medical and I do a lot of stuff just during the week working with people that I cannot build them. I just can't. They don't have any money. But being a community herbalist, the work, uh, I've been doing this for so long, the work just has to be done. So I am asking for people to donate to my Patreon account so that I can continue working with people. And with that kind of sponsorship, that means that um, I could also continue training other folks that want to open up clinics like we have. And I've been doing that and I've just been kind of doing it for free. So we need community herbalism in this country, and I am willing to be um, the voice of experience. So I just need support from people. And you can go to my Patreon account at www.patreon.com slash Sue Sierra Lupe. Okay. That's really cool. Yep. That's just one of them. Do you have any, oh, do you have any more? Do you have any supporters yeah. already? So I do. I have a couple of wonderful supporters that have been brave enough to put in for um, – 
one of them is a one-time supporter and then a, um, the others are monthly supporters. Nice. Nice. Yep. All so, right. Did thank you have something you very else? Much. Yes. So there's also uh, Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting and that's at uh, gmail.com. And that is my business that I do herbal consulting and that is for people get charged per hour for that one. So mm-hmm. that's that they get the same kind of service um, and I can come to people's houses and do things online and uh, that's available. So you've heard the genius. <laughs> now you can have that in your life too. <laughs> All right. Ace High Heat Graphics, custom printed shirts and caps and everything else that you can wear. Um, they're specially they're specializing in um, event wear. So if you are a an herbal organization and you are putting on a fair or a festival and you need to have two three hundred shirts done, that Ace High Heat Graphics can help you out. Can save you a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know the other thing that Ace High Heat Graphics is doing is also doing branded wear for companies. So for within the company. So if you are a herbal organization and you have employees and people and volunteers that you want to have them all wearing like the same shirts or they would like to support the company by purchasing a shirt. That's another thing that ACD right. Graphics yeah, we're, does. We're, in mm-hmm. fact, we, we're doing a, a, a company store for a large client right now. So their nice. employees can go there and buy um, their shirts. Um, we did a promotion for that company and all the employees liked the shirts so much that they, they wanted to buy them for workwear. Nice. So they said, can you help us with that? So we're setting them up with a with an online store. That's fairly cool. And yeah. with the political season brewing up, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would want their slogans written on their shirts too. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. And finally, the Herbal Nerd Society, for which we would not be able to do any of this. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> we are thankful for the Herbal Nerd Society. When I don't want to come here some days and record because I got other things to do, I just remember there's a bunch of Herbal Nerd Society members paying me to get here. I yeah. Know. <laughs> I know. And they get content every single week. We put an article together. Uh, I've been uh, banging my head against the key- keyboard this month for Spilanthes. Right. Me too. That one's a challenging one because yep. it's not as well – well promoted an herb, yeah. Even though it is a really wonderful, wonderful it herb, really is. I mean, I use it in the clinic plant. a lot, and doing all this research, like, man, I'm underutilizing this plant, right? Yes, and I'm I'm doing the research on it, but it's challenging to find herbal energetics on it. It's pretty oh. sparse because hmm. it's not a part of the traditional Ayurvedic or TCM pantheons, and it's mm-hmm. really it's. Certainly was probably used by Western, traditional Western herbalists way back when, but there's not a ton on it. So Mm -hmm. I'm finding that really interesting. Uh, Well, it's a fabulous plant. I remember being in the South. Just Mm -hmm. you cannot miss it because it's a little red red dot. And it's, oh, oh, I'm in love with it. So I'm learning. I'm learning things and I love sharing the things I'm learning with other people. So above and beyond the the more advanced herbal articles for the Herb of the Month, uh, we also have access to all of the old podcasts from which we realized today we've done this for about six years now. So we have 180 episodes, 160 of which are in the backlog. So you have 160 episodes of podcasts that you can get a hold of if you're the practical or the Herbal Nerd Society member. And also you get an ad-free viewing experience. No pop-ups, no you know right. banner ads, no... Google ads, it's just straight content. Yep. And so. the Let's Talk series where we have a, a yep. section where people yep. can listen to some of our guests give a, a 
specific information about their chosen topic. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, on with the show. Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. This is show 183. It's our Herb Lab show, and today we're talking about uh, cannabis, and we're talking about the growing of it, and we had Andy Harpool from Emerald Valley Growers here last week. It was a great conversation, and it was fun to talk to him about what was happening in the cannabis industry, how we started, where we came from, and the strength of cannabis, and how that's really kind of affecting us herbal medicine makers. So without further ado, Candace Hunter, oh, your hosts, Candace Hunter and Susie Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Susie Lupe. And, and welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Woohoo! Okay. Here we so, go. Cannabis. All right. <laughs> so Andy was here. Uh, it was really interesting to, um, from a construction worker to a cannabis grower mm-hmm. and apparently a pretty good one because he's one of the few that are still in business. So, yeah, um, right. you know, that are, are, are actually making um, money. At. In fact, he's expanding his operation into CBD growing. So right. yeah. pretty cool. So um, I thought it was a, a great show. Uh, interesting because, I, I mean, I don't know that I've heard of any other podcast with a grower on it that comes in and talks about growing. Mm, yeah that was kind of cool right yeah, yeah. well i like how he was talking about we that they still they grow a variety of different vegetables and i always see like well tomato is one of the closest proximities to growing cannabis if you can get a tomato in a hothouse then you can do a, a cannabis plant in a hothouse because they're just as fragile yeah. <laughs> so the yeah. The soil type depends on what you get and the way you treat the root system and the light the and the leaves and the temperature. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's the poodle of the plant world. Mm-hmm. And and the and a poodle owners are now going to send me hay mail, but okay. Poodles are quite sturdy dogs. Not according to vets. No. Okay. Vets complain about all purebred dogs pretty much. Sidetrack. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually. Rabbit okay. hole. All right. Anyway, so the that they're it's difficult and for him to say yeah there's the diversity of plants that as vegetables that we grow that one has has made me a better cannabis grower because there's so many different ways that we're growing cannabis to get different constituents even different even the same strain or the same the same hybrid just a different temperature or a different light source or a different something in the soil or whatever that is making a difference in what they get as their product from. Yeah. So that, that experience helped him be this very productive person and he's documenting everything. Well, I love the the fact that he talked about how each strain is different. I mean, it's all cannabis, but each strain is different, has different specific requirements. And then within the set of requirements that, you know, this particular strain needs that you're providing, if you make, you know, the light a little bit brighter or if you make the water cycle a different cycle or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, you start playing with the variables, you get really different results in the end constituents. Mm-hmm. The ones that they're specifically looking for, the THC and the cannabis, uh, CBD and other, right. you know, the cannabinoids. For now, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they're looking for. I mean, it, it flexes those a lot. But I like the fact that he talked about that because we see that in the rest of the plant world too, mm-hmm. you know, like, like for instance, the mushrooms you get at the grocery store, the portobellas, the crimines, and then the white ones, mm-hmm. which exactly are all the, the exact same agaricus mm-hmm. species, just different, you know, different lights. The brown ones were exposed to sunlight and the mm-hmm. white ones were not. Right. You know, the portobella is just the fully formed adult form of the. The button mushroom. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. So, 
we see that already is just common. And mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that he's talking about it's essentially the same thing with growing cannabis. Mm-hmm. Now, what we really need to see is the accessibility to whole plant cannabis instead right. of just the bud. Right. You know, well, kind of, that's the nature nurture debate that we have with humans. And it applies to plants too. Mm-hmm. So is is it all genetics? No. Is it all environment? No. Is yeah, it a whole the, bunch of stuff? Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of a mess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the bigger the mess, the better the medicine you get out of it, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I mean, chaos makes you stronger. Yeah. Gives does you it? the. It does. Good thing, huh? <laughs> Whoo! What is that old saying? Whatever kills you, whatever doesn't kill you, it just makes you stronger. Whatever mm-hmm. kills you makes you dead. But yeah. whatever, whatever kills you makes you dead. Yeah. <laughs> whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Okay, okay. Makes you bitter and spiteful. Works for me. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I the think. the comfrey study. Yeah, I think the thing that I found I find most frustrating about what's happening to the discussion regarding cannabis. Not just within the growing and the mainstream community, but also within the herbal and medicine community is we have this heavy focus on just THC and CBD and the specific set, even the cannabinoids, just the specific set of molecules, Mm -hmm. which is fine. We do that with things like comfrey and we do that with like elecampane, but we use the whole plant, comfrey, the whole plant, you know, elecampane, the whole plant, cannabis, we keep upping specific constituents we're selecting for that Mm -hmm. and we're trying to essentially turn it into a drug we're only using one part of the plant it's taking it further and further from the natural remedy it really can be and and was meant to be or Mm -hmm. or could be and that's frustrating to me and the more that you concentrate it i think the more dangerous it becomes i mean these high levels of, of thc it's like it's becoming more pharmaceutical Right. You know? We have um, receptors in our bodies for these different plant chemicals. But how much how much can our bodies that aren't changing as fast as these plants, what can our bodies tolerate without it becoming a problem? So right. that whole, well, oh, cannabis, it's it's great for everybody and it'll never kill you. It'll never that. Like, well, at the time. Yeah, sure, used, but it used but to be we could say things like another that. Another five, ten years, yeah. maybe not. Maybe yeah. it'll be a problem. Yeah. So for like what we were talking about the Comfrey study, if you take THC and and you take a certain amount of it, your body has a natural set of systems to deal with the waste products that are generated from just having the THC in your body. Mm-hmm. Everything you take into your body produces a certain amount of waste because there's cellular activity, there's mm-hmm. molecular changes. You know, all of that stuff causes waste products. We have, a, you know, liver, kidneys. Right. We've got systems some to, of it to deal with that. It goes out fast and some of it, like like the THC, stays with us a yep. while longer because of the fat solubility. Yep. 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 Exactly. So we've, we've got systems in place to handle that. And cannabis delivered to us THC and CBD at levels that were okay and compatible for us for mm-hmm. centuries. And now over the last decade or less, probably five years or so, we've been breeding it to be so intensely strong with THC, it's I, I'm I'm worried that we're getting to a point where it's going to become actually dangerous to use it. Like someone really could overdose and get hurt in mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. You know, if all you're drinking is beer, it will take a long time to get psoriasis. You'll get it perhaps eventually, mm-hmm. but it takes a really long time. And if you're drinking rum, 151 instead, 
you're going to get psoriasis faster. Because it's more concentrated. Exactly. And if you decide to go with, you know, grain alcohol, that's 200 proof, you're going to get it really, really fast. Right. So cannabis was originally like beer. It was, you know, designed that you could maybe spend a whole entire lifetime taking it and possibly even be okay or not get psoriasis till you're much, much older, Mm -hmm. depending on how often you were taking it. At the current levels, what do we have? <laughs> you right. know, it's scary. Yeah, we can change things pretty rapidly. Right. Yep. Yeah, so like comfrey, if you take comfrey every single day and, and eat the whole plant every day, you're probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the study, the infamous study, it looks like it come, the PAs in it become dangerous. It's really because they were so ridiculously concentrated within that study. Well, the the study itself was all the person was trying to do is say, all right, I have comfrey and there's these these PAs. It, does it change where you grow it? And he right. found out, yeah, in, in some garden settings, there aren't any PAs at all in the in the comfrey right. that it doesn't need to yeah. manufacture that plant just like or manufacture that uh, that acid, just like in 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 hemp. You have you give it a different growing area and it and yeah, a different it doesn't need it. it doesn't need it necessarily and then you have something that's living up on the mountains and it like has to defend itself and some mm-hmm. monster comes by and and bullies it all the time or something whatever then it has yeah. to have a lot of PAs right so that very thing that now we're adding well let's let's tinker around with the genetics right and let's mm-hmm. let's change this and let's change that and let's change yeah. the other thing so oof yeah look at what we're doing. To me, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's disconcerting. It's concerning to me. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just, it makes me wonder. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm a, a little worried about what the future might hold, but that, that statement can apply to just about every topic in my life right now. True. So. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, with the concentrations coming up, um, we have the increased possibility that someone dies from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And there will be somebody that overdoses. Yeah, mm-hmm. there will be eventually someone who actually disproves the statement that nobody's ever died from cannabis. Mm-hmm. It will happen because yep. we're we're treating that plant like more and more like a vehicle for delivering a drug instead of right. And as consumers, that's what you know. He was saying is that that's what people are buying. They're not buying the lower percentage stuff. So yeah. you know, he's a business, so he's going to you know. He's got to deliver what is, yeah. Deliver what, you know, what they want and and, and be able to do that. It's, you know, I always equate it to the beer thing. I mean, you know, people want, in the Northwest, there's this flavor profile for more and more and more hops in the beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how many different ways can we infuse hops in the beer? And how can we get that IBU, the bittering units, way up through the roof? Yeah, it gets to the point where it's really like just taking a strong drink of hops. Yeah, it gets to that (laughs) point. High alcohol and and high hop count. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and of course the consumer wants that. So the brewers brew that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure in time it might come back again and that because it's a little bit different um, yeah. um, because of the taste idea. But but um, it's hard to say if it'll come back on the cannabis thing. And mm-hmm. if, if Oregon is already leading the charge in, in being one of the best producers in the country, then our, if we're dictating what's going to be produced, then yeah. we're going to have issues and I think 14 states are on the ballot this year. To legalize. Really? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Ooh, to legalize recreational? I believe so. Wow. That's big. That is interesting. Eventually, the feds are going to have to pay attention to that. Well, they are in the banking. We don't have sessions there anymore. No, and, so. and, and, and I was I was listening recently, and um, 
the banking is the banking is changing. The rules are changing for banking. For, oh, really? I think they would know. be wise to make those yeah. changes. I mean, there's a lot of money that our government's missing out in with regard to cannabis, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of money that the banking system's missing. It's out It's kind of like the lottery back in the '90s. Only a couple yeah. states had it, but then suddenly all the other states are looking. Hey, we need to generate you know generate mm-hmm. revenue. What are you doing? And they'd see these lotteries, and before yeah. you know it, it became nationwide. I don't think there's a state in the union that doesn't have a lottery of some sort. Right. So. When you talked before, before we started recording, you were talking a little bit about the fact that we don't have regulation for cannabis based on the levels of THC yeah, like we do in alcohol. We have, you know, the percentage, the tax changes, right. structure changes right. based on how much alcohol or what the proof is. The well, sky is the limit. It seems <laughs> to me that it would be actually probably wise and healthful or helpful to protect consumers to do the same sort of thing with cannabis, at least with regard to the THC. Mm-hmm. I question how high anyone would want CBD to get in it because it doesn't produce the high. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's likely to drive up. Yeah. This really is there, all about the but, THC at this point. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and to be honest, I haven't been in a, um, a bud shop to know what, you know, does, does, and I would assume this, but you know, does a plant that gets at twenty percent cost way more than a plant that's at five or ten percent? Mm-hmm. I would assume so, based on all the other marketing thing I've right. known. You know that those certain strains. Mm-hmm. But if you get like a purple Kush from grower A and grower B, you know they're at totally different percentages, but it's the same strain. How do you how do you price that? How do you know to price that as a as a purveyor, as someone that's selling it? How do you change the pricing structure on that? And how do you you make that available. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just don't know. Well, yeah, the CBD is what's going to drive the price up. The or the, both of them are the THC. Well, yeah, sure. But, but you know, like we said also, and the testing has changed dramatically. It's becoming more and more accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. So when do you, so is the testing then applied and then put onto that bundle and say, this pound of, of, of marijuana cannabis is 25% mm-hmm. THC. Right. You know, and so it should be priced at this point. I think that, yeah, of course, they're also testing for pesticides and stuff well, like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. I would be I would be curious to see what if they can start testing for some of the other properties, the flavonoids or different things like that. It also have a very healing effect on people. And that would be nice to see research starting to be done on the whole plant. Right. And that, that is, would be really helpful. It is possible that just as like you're talking about the body having a limited capacity to flush stuff out when after, mm-hmm. you know, the recreational part is done, then is there is there things within uh, existing cannabis already that would, you know, I'm thinking specifically like again, a bi- yeah. that would buffer it or would help. A, a body take things out or, you know, reduce the cotton mouth or they're already there. We just haven't, we haven't been testing for it, nor are there things that and we would help a larger that. variety like for children yeah. taking the mm-hmm. cannabis for their right. epilepsy. Is there side effects that the children are struggling with that with a more controlled hybridization that also allows for a wider spectrum mm-hmm. and recognizes that and uh, you know that uh, people with palsy, for example, we already know that that vitamin B one thiamine helps with with that palsy, helps reduce that. There, it's in it's in cannabis, right? You know, yeah. so coupling that with somebody with epilepsy or a seizure disorder, that would why not yes. test for all of that stuff, just like we have in a in a carton of dry oatmeal. 
Right. Well, yeah, like, I find that frustrating. And I, why not use the whole plant for at least some of that? Right. You know? Sure. Well, right. Because they're just using the bud. Right. Right well, now. Yeah. Know, yeah. And I mean, are all of those constituents that you might be thinking in just the bud? Mm-hmm. Or do you need to have the buffer of leaf and other things in there too? Right. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know. I mean, when you look at traditional preparations from like centuries ago, it used the tops, the aerial parts, not just the bud, but the plant, you know, the, mm-hmm. the leaves and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I would guess that as a healing modality, it would be really better for us to, you know, be testing for the various parts of the plant and be using the whole plant as, mm-hmm. you know, for medicine. Right. At least, at least test it. You may not have, but find out is the stem, is there something in the stem that would be just yeah. as helpful? I know yeah. for hemp, of course, we're naturally using that but the i understand what you mean but yeah, yeah there's just there's so much that we that we don't know it doesn't mean we, yeah. we won't ever know well like yeah. you said until someone needs to look for it they won't find it right you yeah. know and, and yeah. that's exactly what these tests are they're looking for specific things and then someone says well let's right. look for this and then they mm-hmm. find it yep and, and how do they work together yeah. well and that's just it, that's the you know? that's the piece yeah. that makes it more herbal is that that synergistic yeah. behavior it's it is fabulous to find out how the individual can't um, parts of cannabis work and the cannabinoids and how they interplay with our bodies and with the other parts of that plant. But yeah. I, there's so even much. The, even the roots. Yeah. The roots are, I mean, yeah. Holy cow. Right. Yeah, I mean, all I, these parts of this plant that gets you know, has out. been, yeah, has been so um, diminished in value because mm-hmm. of everyone's the bud. Right. And as herbalists, yeah, you, you know, you, it's the whole plant. It's not mm. just the bud, but what's being sold is just the bud. So as an herbalist, you might, you know, either find a grower that you know that could give you the whole plant or grow it yourself. Yeah, mm. well, I've thought about growing it myself too, but that smell will just draw potential problems into my yard. It's a, it is a possibility, yeah. you know, but the more common that it becomes, I think the less unique it is. You know, uh, sometimes you can say, well, where's that? You don't even know where it's coming from. It could be just the wind. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sometimes I will be out walking on the parkway and in August, and we'll smell it, you know, like, oh, yeah. somebody around here is growing it. Yeah. And there's you different know? scents for them, too. You wouldn't have to have that, the super musky, right. horrible one. Yeah, there's citrusy know? ones and there's piney ones right. and there's other ones, but. Yeah, yeah, but it's know. still... Stay away from anything diesel, I guess. That would right. be the- <laughs> Diesel and skunk smells are out. Yeah. But yeah, well, it, the market is changing tremendously. I'm looking forward to seeing what... I'm just so happy they're finally doing research on this plant. Yeah. You yourself yeah. or, or... I personally am happy oh, about okay. that. Yeah, I, having... I've been really a strong proponent of opening it up to recreational because that also opens it up to research. Right. And I think we need that. And I really, really hope that researchers start looking at the whole plant and not just the bud. Yep. And start expanding beyond just the cannabinoids because they're important, of course, but it's the other stuff the plant provides as well that's with together. They work together. Mm-hmm. I sure. wonder if so the, I wonder if Oregon State has any kind of a plan to be that for this area because I mean mm. they're an egg school. I mean, that would be, they are, but they're know. also federally funded. Well, they're all federally funded. So, yeah. But. Well, the banking industry and the federal government, and I mean, there's changes happening. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe within a few years, and it's not just that silly. And I, I'm not going to say silly school, but I think one school, one university in the entire country, yes, that has the the monopoly on on cannabis research is 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 
You yeah. can't. Re- it's not repeatable. Where, you know, where's your scientific right. method? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You where's know? your gold yeah. standard? You know. So yeah, that's not so gold standard. No. Nope. It's just, yeah. It's, we just believe whatever they say, and I don't even think it's. Is it, that's not even a. It's no. I don't want to be disparaging. It could be it's a very Ole good Miss. university. Is it Ole Miss? Ole Miss. Yeah. That's, got well, it. I mean, that's a well-known school. I that's mean, a well-known yeah. school. Yeah. There's other schools now that are that are doing research on it, and of course, there's tons of money in it. Oh yeah. So we'll we'll see there's, more changes, which yeah, would be there's, great. There's been rampant rumors, which I cannot confirm, that at various points in the Ole Miss program, the buds were not treated very well. Like they'd be harvested and then just not stuck in a drawer, but essentially stuck in a drawer for uh-huh. however long, and then. Eventually, a requisition came in, maybe several years later, and the oh wow, that was what they pulled out, and you know that was just We've the one. Trusted it. Yeah, it did. It sounded like if you knew cannabis well, some of their, some counts. of their yeah some of their <laughs> methods may not have been really wise, right? In terms Any of plant, really right? providing, yeah. yeah, in terms of really providing good research material, right? You know, yeah, this isn't archaeology. Yeah, yeah. if someone from Ole Miss wants <laughs> yeah. to reach out to us and let's have a conversation, love yeah. to have it. Yeah, it you would know, be tell very... me, tell me we're completely wrong, and tell and tell us all about it. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, it just with only having one school steeped in this kind of you it's know marijuana evil. secrecy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. then that's when the rumor starts. And that's when things happen. You know? Sure, you and know. that's that. There's no transparency in that, right. so we have to. Yeah. That's why you have the scientific method, like right. you said, Patrick, where there's yeah. more people duplicating it and finding out. And that was one of the irritations that I had way many years ago as people were making these incredible statements about what cannabis could do. And I was like, you have no proof. Right. Yeah, it's all you're saying. You have yeah. no proof. Yeah. So just stop saying it because you're building this mytho- mytho- mythology that other people that are against it are able to throw in your face. So just, right. just stop don't. telling people this stuff. You don't. Yeah. It's not a panacea, people. Yeah. Not a panacea. But there's great things it can do. We're not against cannabis, people. We I know we'll get mail about this, but we're not against it. Hey, we were we're against against wise use. We have a grower coming on. We'd write a book about it. We're pro cannabis. We're We're, pro CBD. It's it's we want wise use and we want more information about it. Um, we don't want the the destructive um, ignorance. To be thrown around, or uh, we want people to be to be smart with what they're doing. We want humanity Healthy. to treat Mother Nature's Clean. gifts to us with respect and intelligence. That's right. That's what we really want. Yes. And we know that's not very fashionable these days, <laughs> but there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yes, we the practical of us are not here to be fashionable. <laughs> no, no. I'm really glad that Andy took the time to come and talk to us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I like the way that they do their what they're doing. I like the fact that they're expanding into hemp in a big way. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that. Yep, and I'm glad that that's. I think they're going to be a good, good um, driving force in the market here, mm-hmm. and I think our market here is going to have an impact on many of the other markets. And yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, he's definitely a leader in the community. Yeah. Yep. Good job, Andy. And thanks for all the hard work that they do at Emerald Valley Growler, Growers. Growers. Yeah. Gro- growlers. Growlers, not the beer Grr. thing. Growers. No. Emerald Valley Growers. Um, you can find them. They have a website. I think it's emeraldvalleygrowers.com. Uh, Instagram, you can use hashtag Emerald Valley Growers, a grower. Right. And then he also can do hashtag EB Grower. Yeah. EB yeah. Growers. EB Grower, yeah. And you'll see a bunch of cool pictures and stuff. And again, you can't buy directly from Andy. He's a grower, so he supplies to shops. So if you're in the Eugene Springfield area, 
uh, or uh, I guess up and down the I-5 corridor, uh, if you want to try his product, he's available in quite a different, quite a few different places. Yeah, they've got a list. It's probably not as up to date as it should be, right. but they've got a list on their website. Right. He's one of the few growers, apparently, he said, that has their own shelf in any of the dispensaries. Oh, nice. Wow, that's mm-hmm. great. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Um, well, we want to remind people that there is information on our website. You can go to our show notes and see the links to things about cannabis if you're curious. And also just go to our website in general and search. What, yeah, there's a, so many articles on our on our website. Right. And if you want to learn how to, you know, a little bit more information about um, cannabis for medicinal purposes, that ebook that we have. The, well, and the, including, the cannabis ebook. Including um, things like what is decarboxylation. That's a big one. What is that and how do you do it right. at home? So yeah, Amazon.com, search the Practical Herbalist Press. You'll see all the books there, all the ebooks there, and cannabis is one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's an advanced herbal. It's not, um, this is what a cannabis plant is. It's mm-hmm. beyond that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so And the other thing too is that if you're really interested, especially if you live in one of the states that's entertaining the idea of one of the passing 14. recreational Mm-hmm. And you want to listen to some of the, we've done several, we started with the first year when they passed it. We have several, quite a few shows actually on cannabis. Oh yeah. Talking about how it's changed our community, how things have changed. The saga. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just you, if you want to get an idea of what it's looked like to ha- go through that process here in Eugene and how that might look in your community, become an Herbal Nerd Society, Society member, member yep. and you can get access to all of our old podcasts, which includes all the cannabis podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. So with that, I guess, put an herb on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliate websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. All, always consult a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamin, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication.